are, for the rest of the year, we are doing this series on Colossians chapter 2. No fancy name, it's just Colossians, a study of Colossians, amen. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so tonight we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2, um, verses 9 through 12. Um, and for those of you who have not, um, we are um, using as a, just a reference to kind of go along to keep us on task or target we are using um colossians and philemon is that how we determine we saying it now philemon that is what we've been saying okay uh, <laughs> we're using the um tyndale new testament um commentaries so i'll say again for those of you that are teachers in the house you may want to grab a hold of that if you have not asap um because their new schedule will come out this week um, <clears throat> as we get started into our new series next month. All right? Um, so um, with that, we are going to come to um, Colossians chapter 2, um, verses 9 through 12. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, 9 through 12. For those of you that have been um, kind of moving along with me slowly but surely. Um, can we give God praise for our youth workers? Come on. Our youth workers this summer have worked every week to make sure that we were doing something. <laughs> to do something with our kids every Wednesday except the second and I think what we do, first, Saturday, first Wednesday is prayer. Then the kids did the second, and then we had a Bible study, and then they had to come back. So I want to thank y'all for doing that. I think they got one more, right? Well, one more for this thing. We're changing it a bit for the rest of the year, but we're going to have some fun doing it. MJ needed. Look at him. Look at him. He, he needs the flame. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> he need the flame service. I know. He like, this ain't right. We need the flame service. We ain't dancing. All right. So uh, <laughs> he mad. Uh, but. Look at him. Now he got the church finger up. Hi, MJ. Yeah, yeah so I got to bring him up out of that. Um, so tonight, um, I have a very familiar face <laughs> that, you guys, that you guys know. Uh, for those of you online who may, who may not know who she is, she is one of the elders in the Lord's church. Amen. Amen. Um, um, but also, she serves um, diligently here. At, in our community um, um, concerning the Revival Nation and who we are as a body, as the Revival Center at Cincinnati. So tonight we're going to do something that I almost thought it was never done before. But then I remembered. Back, uh, keep playing. And then I remembered back on Hamilton. Remember we had a couple of Bible studies where all the elders would sit on stage and we would talk about the Bible. Y'all remember that? Yes, you remember Bridge? I remember. Remember me, you, Lindsay, Toya, you remember we all sat on the stage and we worshiped and all of that stuff. Oh, yes, I'll never forget. And it just hit me. To, to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we did it. I'll go back and find videos. They online. Uh, I had a whole, it was a whole, it was me, you, her, Toya, uh, uh, Elder Tammy was there at the time, I think. This is when, this is when you first came then. You was there too. <clears throat> but anywho, <laughs> but um, after I'm just kind of talking in a way, um, we were going through some things today. Uh, uh, um, greetings. Come on in. Uh, uh, after talking today, um, I thought it would be great 
to put um, uh, to kind of put our minds together. Uh, <laughs> just just open it, man. Just turn the key and open the door. Uh, uh, I thought it'd be great to put our minds together because as we are all growing. We realize that my mind ain't like her mind. Her mind ain't like mine. Mine ain't like Elder Tammy's. But we can all still teach truth. You get what I'm saying? But we all, the goal is to get to truth. All right? Not the truth of just who we are, but the truth in God. And sometimes because of who we are, um, what attracts to us and what God allows us to understand as we grow, um, we kind of get to these things. So tonight, we're going to tackle this together. All right? Because so, y'all in for a, a small treat because we don't have the same brain. <laughs> all right. So some stuff she going to talk about, I'm going to be like, mm-hmm, but let me bring it here. All right. So uh, but we're going to do this to the glory of God. And maybe this is something in the future that we'll see, you know, teachers come up together, you know, and tackle the scriptures and maybe kind of, uh, you know, make uh, our Bible studies sometimes more interactive as we are growing, you know, so that we'll see it as a body and not just in TLC, but it can be a part of what we do as a collective if we do this sometimes. So we'll see what the Lord does. So y'all praying for us now? Amen. So let me pray and then (laughs) she's going to do the intro (laughs) to this. So, uh, well, actually, let me read the scripture first and then I'll pray. Uh, It's another person at the door. (laughs) I guess they said Come on in, get this word. Uh, bye, bye. God bless your life. Great. Amen. God bless your life and your finances. All right. All right. Now that uh, I think uh, Tracy's audio done been off, so you ready now. All right, amen. So Colossians chapter 2, verses 9. I'm using the NASB, and then we're also going to talk from the ESV tonight as well, which is going to be an interesting point to even discuss. Um, It says, for in him all of the fullness of deity dwells in what? Bodily form. I'm going to stay focused on the task. <laughs> and in him, we have been what? Made That's why I don't like y'all, man. And he is the head over all rule and what? Two. Chapter two. I thought I said verse nine. I know I said that because it's right here. And I looked at her to make sure I said it right. It ain't. Yeah, yeah. You got something different. Yep. Yeah, uh, let me read nine again, because I know yours probably say something altogether different in that first sentence. All right, for in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in what? Bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head, all right, over all rule and authority. And in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of of the body um, of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who was who raised him from the dead. All right. Elder Tracy, you may want to pay very, very close attention to the next few verses because that will be your assignment next month. Praise God. So. <laughs> Why everybody I be? Yeah. Tell me like that's right. 
<laughs> so, Father, we say thank you for your word. We say thank you for the ability to even want to learn the word. Lord, mother, uh, Lord, we thank you for your word that gives life and direction to us. And Father, we are just so elated that we have the ability to um, dive into your revelation and have this illumination that we would have. We give you the glory, honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Okay, so we are in the book of Colossians. Amen. Okay. So um, from our beginning studies, we know that this is a circular letter, okay, that went around the Asia Minor, um, like the letter of the Ephesus letter, okay? So it wasn't really addressed to specifically to the Colossian church, um, but it was uh, circulated throughout the Asia Minor. So Smyrna, Thyatira, all the Asian Minor churches read these two letters, okay? So uh, one thing that we have to remember when it comes to the Colossian letter is the Colossian letter talks about the head of the church. Okay, that is the theme um, for Colossian. And the Ephesian letter talks about the body. Okay, so they should be read together. Okay, um, is like, like a synoptic. It's almost like a synoptic, like we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how they're supposed to be read together. Colossian and Ephesian should be read together, okay? Now, we went from the study of Ephesians, as you just stated that, right into the study of Colossians. So that should make sense why we spent so much time in Ephesians and then came here. Amen. All right. Oh, amen. <laughs> she used to that. See, I'm wait, not. What is he doing? Shut up. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, so one thing that we're dealing with when it comes to the book of Colossians, we're dealing with a lot of Christological. Um, so the study of Jesus Christ, this is what Paul is talking about. So um, with the Colossian church, they dealt with a lot of philosophies that were coming in. And so Paul had to come and to teach about this Jesus, the Christ, okay? So, um, so we see that um, this letter here, um, that, that Paul gives, us, gives them instructions to read the letter of Laodicea, uh, which is the same as the, the Ephesian letter, okay? Um, he says it in Colossians 4 and 16. He says, and when this letter has been uh, read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodicean and see, too, that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So that's the Ephesian letter. He said, read that, too. So you see how it was connected, okay? So um, Paul uh, even mentions it in the beginning of this chapter that we're looking in now, Colossians chapter 2. If you go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says that, For I want um, you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for these Laodicea and for all who have seen my who have not seen me face to face. Okay, so another fact that we have to know is that Paul did not find the Colossal Church. Okay, it was found by um, a, a, oh his name just escaped me. It's uh, not Epaphroditus, but it's. Um, it starts with an E. I can't think of his name, um, but he was actually uh, raised up by Paul um, in the spirit. He actually was in jail with Paul, and he went and he started this church. Um, and so um, here, uh, so if you have the book, 
Uh, one thing that uh, you know how I get on my, uh, my soapbox about uh, the word Christian. So this book here uh, speaks heavily about Christianity and Christians, and it's, it's in the wrong context, okay? The, Colossian, the Colossi church and the, um, the Ephesus church were not Christians. They were believers of the way. They were Nazarenes. They were followers of Jesus Christ, okay? So that's something that we have to really keep in mind, okay? Um, so uh, we have to also remember that um, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 23, it talks about self-made religion, um, and so it comes against the religions that, that were made by man, and Christianity is made by man. He says that these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity, but they are no value in stopping the indulgence of flesh. So therefore, um, Paul is mentioning all of the different pagan religions, all of the, um, all of the religions that um, the Colossi church were dealing with at this time here. He said, these, these religions, these philosophies, these vain philosophies that you are dealing with have no power. It has no power in, in stopping the indulgence of flesh, okay? So, Epaphras, I knew it was something like that. I was close. I knew I was close. Right, right. Help me out. You it, said something, they both was up. Like, it literally like it went out my head. I was like, wait, come back. Yeah, yeah. So um, in chapter two, this is the chapter that we're looking at. If you um, uh, go back and read your uh, survey of the New Testament book, Ben Weir titles this section here, The Colossi Heresy. Okay, so there were a lot of different teachings going on at this time uh, for this young church, okay? So Paul had to do some deep theological teaching here, okay? Um, and so, like I said, Paul didn't establish this church. He don't know the people in this church, so he had a lot to do, okay? Um, and so the uh, heretical teaching at Colossae seemed to be a mixture of asceticism, Jewish legalism, and some type of philosophical mysticism. It was all types of things that was going around in this Colossae church. So you see why Paul had to come and teach about Jesus the Christ, okay? And the reason why I say the Christ, because why? There were many, many Many people claim to be the Messiah. Yeah. At the time when Jesus claimed to be the Messiah, there were at least 23 others claiming to be the Messiah. So that's why I said Jesus the Christ, because he was the only one that fulfilled every law to a T. Okay? Insert the so praise break. I, 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 listen, and that is something to really remember, because the other Messiahs, they failed. They just kind of vanished. Their following vanished. But the followers of Jesus Christ is still living today. today. And all the, other, all the other messiahs cannot claim that about them. Okay? So that's something to really remember. So now we are in chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. I forgot to change my notes. But these um, verses alone says a lot. So let's go ahead and look at uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2. Uh, verse 9 to 10, we're going to be defining some words um, in this scripture here. All right. So it says in, um, let's go to verse number 10. And it says, watch this closely. It says, and in him. 
All right. I want us to take notice of the fact that it says in who? Him. him. All right. Which means in him, we will have what he says. All right. So outside of him, what you got? All right. Watch. So he says, and in him, there is there, there is the point that the believer must remember that it is always in him, not ourselves, not our talents, not our jobs, relationships, followers, how many records we've sold, who on the top charts, who ain't getting this um, appreciation, none of that. But not, it, ain't, it has nothing to do with our good deeds. All right. Everything that what we have is in him, which means it's a position in Christ. Watch this, that we what the um, what Paul says, we have been made complete. complete. All right. Amen, church. And this is why weekly I have to constantly remind us that don't allow the extra stuff to decide who you are. OK, your keyboarding and all that, that don't define you. Who you are in God define you because they can take away the keys today. But who you are in God, they can't take from you. OK, they can they can take away the drums. They can break your arms and you might miss it, but you still have an identity. Do y'all hear me, church? All right. So watch this. So let's define. Watch this. It says in him, you have been made complete. When you are studying um, that Greek, there, made and complete is the same word. All right. It is the same word, but in the definition, you will find how they put them together. That word is um, um, play. I'm sorry. Play role. And that word means to make full, to watch, fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound. Watch. I love this part to furnish or supply liberally. Come on, that he gives everything that we need, all right? Y'all hear everything. He says, I abound or I'm liberally supplied to, watch this, to render full or to complete, to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure fill to the brim. Notice what happened. I didn't even realize, I didn't even realize it, but because I've been putting the word in me, when I begin to sing, the word came out of me. Yes. I told Cameron, I said, you got to change that because I hear something else and I shouldn't be hearing that. And when he changed it, what was in me came out. Okay, amen. Watch, to make complete in every particular, what? y'all hear that? In every particular. To render perfect. How are we render perfect? In him. All right. Uh, let me see. Um, the saying of promises or prophecies to bring to pass, to ratify, to accomplish. So watch. So again, it says, and in him, watch this. Our position is in him. You have, he says to them, you have been made complete. In him, you've been made a thing. Watch this. Um, you've been made complete. And then he says that after you've been made complete, he says, and he is the head. Somebody shout the head. All right. Watch this. That word head there in Greek literally means the head, both of men and often animals, since the loss of the head destroys life. No God, no us. No Jesus. What we got? Nothing. Because he is our identity. And she just reminded us. That where everybody else fell, he still remains. You look like you was about to say something. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Anything, watch this, that is supreme. 
Anything that is supreme or, as she likes to say, the chief. That's why y'all hear that a lot at the Revival Center. He is our um, um, chief priest. You know, he is our chief elder. He is our our chief, or uh, as Jesus said, he's the good shepherd, but that made him the chief shepherd. You hear what I'm saying? He is that. And I made a post today telling people like, man, we have created, we have allowed everything else to be the good shepherd but Christ. I don't care. Y'all can be like, pastor what? That's fine. At the end of the day, Christ is still the shepherd. We are all but following him. So he says he is the head. He is the master or the Lord. We've talked about that. Lord means he has ownership. He is our Lord. He has ownership of us. So he has ownership of my way, my ways, and my going. Um, um, Of a husband in relation to his wife. Now, what we understand that Christ puts that even marriage, um, Paul would even compare it to Christ and the church. Uh, Come on here, church. We know it. The Lord of the husband and of the church of things, a cornerstone. He says he is the head. Watch this of rulers. Now, you guys have known him as we've been hollering it for the last few years. He's the head of the church. And we shout. Because we know it now, because it's a, it's a fact to us. We don't care what they say. But I need for us to understand that not only is he head of the church that Paul has already taught us, but now he's teaching us that he's the head of rulers. Rulers. <sighs> Watch this. What does rulers mean? That word rulers there um, means the beginning or an origin. Anything that creates. Anything that places something that's even new. The origin of a thing. Guess what? Christ is still the ruler of it. He's the head of it. The person, you was about to say something? Oh, okay. Go. Oh, okay, because I got one more definition here. A person or thing that commences. A person, the first person or thing in a series, the leader. Okay, um, that by which anything begins to be. So even if anybody, I don't care what they say, if they say, I'm starting a church, God is still the head of the ruler. Okay, I don't care if they if 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 they put they start a new government somewhere. God, Jesus is still the ruler of it. So his his authority don't stop with being the head of the church. It goes into his rulership as well of 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 rulers. Then it says and authority. Authority. That word is azusia. Y'all like that word. Watch this. But remember, we talked about that word. That word azusia there means the power of choice, the liberty of doing as one pleases, leave or permission, physical or mental power, the ability or strength with which one is endued, um, which he either possesses or exercises. Remember, we talked about Christ. God gave him authority. And if he gave him authority, watch, he's had the choice that he was going to follow what his father said. But he said, my father and I are one. And I do what my father says. My, he said, my judgments are righteous because the father's judge. He said, I've seen him do it already. And if I've seen him do it already, that means I do what he do, which means Christ is operating in authority, giving it to him, to God. Which means now Paul is letting us know that, yes, he's the head of the church, but he's head of rulers. And he's head over those who have authority. Those who can make decisions in your life. And I can't remember where it was, but I remember that Paul began to tell us, too, that we have a mandate to pray for those who have authority and who are rulers. He said so that we can live in peace. So I know you pray for your pastor, but you praying for the president. Because now if you make more, you got more than $600 in your account, they want to look in it. 
Hello, church. Are y'all praying? Are y'all just sitting there going, this ain't got nothing to do with me? Okay. Go ahead, Nana. Go ahead. I'm about to put my money under my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> there are so many points that you said that I wanted to hop in. You should have hopped. Okay. So going back to um, all the definitions, all the attributes that you describe about, about God, that was so important for Paul to communicate to the Colossae church yeah. here. So in the book on page, uh, I think it's like 107 or 108, I'm going to read this quote because I thought it was a really good quote that goes with what you just said. He said, first he shows the church have no need to pay homage to a lesser supernatural being. Come on. Or to put more strongly that all other lords become idols when contrasted with Christ. Come on. He said, the man Jesus Christ now exalted is now one of the hierarchy of intermediary beings, angelic or some sense of divine. He is uniquely God's presence and his very self. Okay, so it's important for us even here in this letter here to understand and to continue to pursue in the knowledge of God, especially who he is. He gave us a whole list of attributes of who God is. Yeah. Then you will understand who God is and what he is not. Okay, so there are a lot of beliefs about God that sounds good, but they are far from the truth, okay? So you want to catch, you don't want to catch yourself, like scripture says, being tossed by every wind of doctrine, okay, out here, um, to the point where you don't know what to believe about God. So everyone who is talking about Jesus is not talking about the Jesus of scripture, we have to understand who the Jesus of Scripture is. Yeah. Because a lot of things we want Jesus to do for us, he, it ain't in his word for him to do for us. So that's one thing we have to really keep in mind. So, um, so many people are talking about God, but it's not the God of the Scriptures. So many people, they say they have a God or no God, but it, may be, it might be the wrong God. Scripture says we just talked about um, when we did the voice, the voice series, we did. And it says, John 10, it says, my sheep hear my voice. OK, and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And it goes down in verse 30, it says, and I and the father are one. Okay, so this is what Paul had to really teach them about the oneness of God, the oneness of Jesus. Okay, so the authority that Jesus, you talked about authority, the authority that Jesus was given in Matthew 28 has been given to us. Okay, the difference is that when it comes to um, being filled, now when we were talking about this scripture, my scripture says something totally different. Yeah, the we ESV. were. I was like, "Is this the right scripture?" No, it it, it was. It was just a different version. So <laughs> let me read. Let me read that. Yeah, yeah, because you went on and on. My Amen. Bad. Bless <clears throat> the Lord, oh my soul. So it says in Colossians two and ten, though it says that. Um, now read your version while you read. While I read mine, it says, "And you have been filled in Him, who is the head of all rule and authority." Totally something different, right? I think yours probably says something a little different. His says, what version you got? The NASB. the NASB says something different. So I went when he gave me a, the assignment about 1 o'clock today. He's, huh? And so I went off 
of the of the um, being filled in him. And so in order for us to live, go go to your list of attributes that you just that you just. Yeah, all that, all all those lists of attributes that we have the. The power, look at that, the power of choice and to live by permission and the power of authority, that does not come automatic. You have to be infilled every day by the word of God in order to walk in authority. So you just, it's not enough to just be saved. This is the difference between a believer and a disciple. I just want to go to heaven. Oh, yeah. Believers say that. (laughs) Disciples say, I got work to do here on earth. And so, therefore, every day we are fighting with our flesh. Okay? We are fighting with our flesh. I mean, a fight. (laughs) Because it's true. (laughs) And so, in order for us to be in field every day, we have to... Read and submit to the power of God. Yeah. Okay? So the difference, here I go, because we were talking about this, and so I always get on, you know, the difference between indwelling and infilling. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So in, indwell, you get indwell with the Holy Spirit once you get saved. That's like, that's like God coming in. Okay? He's in. But to be infilled is to allow God to have authority in your life. Choice. That choice. That choice. The power of choice. You don't have a choice in salvation. You were chosen before the foundations of the world. So therefore, you're going to have the indwelling if you want it or not. But it's your choice to have the Father to infill you with his power. Okay? So we have to constantly uh, fight and we have to we have to constantly fight like it says in Romans 8 and 7 it says for the mind is set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is life peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile God. toward God for it does not subject itself to the law nor is even able to do so and those who are in the flesh cannot please the Lord so if you have not infield yourself today, you cannot please the Lord. I don't care what song you sing. I don't care what scripture you read. If you have not allowed the Holy Ghost to have control in your life the today, you cannot please God. Okay? So the, the mind is, is putting off and putting on. I don't want to go there because that goes in our baptism. I just thought about that. Like, Let's wait, go I so we can get there. there. No, okay. <laughs> All right. No, go ahead. Pick it up. Oh, okay. Let me see. <laughs> so it says, so uh, so again, so uh, it says, let's go to verse 11. Okay. Y'all ready? All right. So it says, and him, you were also what? Circumcised and with a circumcision made without what? hands and in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. All right. For those of you who have a book here, um, the author here makes a a interesting statement on page 109, um, especially if you have the electronic copy. I guess that's what it is if you've decided to get that hard copy. But as he says here, in him you were also circumcised, mm-hmm. or perhaps better, watch this, and in him you were circumcised. All right, it says Paul emphasizes that the Colossians have already been circumcised. 
All right, notice he just told them, y'all been circumcised already um, in a sense to be explained and therefore do not need to undergo the operation again. Watch this in a physical sense. Mm -hmm. Now, she ain't said it yet, but we're going to say that this letter is dealing with uh, uh, Jews and Gentiles. All right, when he his audience, I'll put it that way. All right, so he's telling them already. He says to the to those Gentiles, you have. Oh wait, who are we talking to right there? Where? When we're talking about that, we're talking. He's talking you to who are circumcised. So that is uh, without hands. That's the Gentiles. That's the Gentiles, exactly. All right. So he says, you have already been circumcised. He says, and therefore do not need to undergo the operation again in a physical sense. Right. All right, and would be required um, if, uh, as would be required if they were to become proselytes to Judaism. Amen. Now, for some of us, that should ring some bells. Them words. Amen. Look, 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 look. We tell who in TLC. Amen. So, um, there's some definitions here I want to give because y'all know that's my thing. So I can understand. The word proselyte means to come a new um, convert to some religion or religious sect or to some particular opinion, system, or party. Thus, a Gentile converted to Judaism is a proselyte. All right, we've heard about Gentiles and all that kind of stuff. Converting, and then um, they also, you know, they, they converting to Christianity is a proselyte, and we speak from um, we speak of proselytes to the theories of. Uh, browns and black and all these different things the word primarily refers to converts to some religious creed um, and I remember um, and I was telling her earlier because it made this definition helped me to really understand that term proselyte I remember when because I grew up in a apostolic church all right so I went down in Jesus name all right when I was originally baptized they, the name of Jesus you know they baptized but I remember when I can when I started going to a church that was a, a, a trinity believing church um, somebody told me that I need to be rebaptized wow. as if I was converting over. And, and it didn't make sense to me. What you about? To, oh, okay. And it did not make sense to me because she, she going to eat up baptism later. But it does not make sense to me because in my thing, I, aren't we believing the same thing? I'm not converting to a new religion. But because we got all these different beliefs, people felt that I was coming out of a whole new religion. And coming, and they was like, uh-uh, you now need to be baptized in Jesus' name as if I was a proselyte um, converting from a, being apostolic to being Kojic. Self-made religion. We Verse about, 23. Talked about. The traditions Look, of man. <laughs> that's your thing, ain't it? Has no power against the indulgence of flesh. All right. Amen. <laughs> so that was one thing that it, it was like. So then I now realize, like, oh, they was making me a proselyte. Like, I was converting to what was. So um, that's what a proselyte is. All right, then you got um, uh, proselytism. I think I said that right. Watch this. The making of converts to a religion or religious sect or to any opinion, system, or party. They were possessed with the spirit of um, um, proselytism, however you say it, in the most um, um, fanatical degree. All right, the making of converts. All right, so that prosel um, being a proselyte means you done came into it, and then now the proselytism of it, however you say it, <laughs> is the making of that. So now you are you, you are being created to this new religion. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, so this is this is what <laughs> Paul is really talking about mm -hmm. in this uh, Colossians chapter two. He's telling them that you don't have to go through this process no more. Remember Acts fifteen. Facts. 
Remember Acts 15 at the Council of Jerusalem, they said that this is no longer a way to be in the church. You don't yeah. have to be proselytized anymore. And so Paul had to re-emphasize this to the Colossae church. So go ahead. Flat out. So this is what he's fighting against when he's talking to them. Because, you know, they felt like, you know, maybe you do we have to go get circumcised? Mm -hmm. Got to go get our flesh cut just so we can be saved. But this is in their law, though, remember? This is in the Jewish law. So this yep. is not nothing new that they just decided to, to establish. This was established in Exodus. Remember, we talked about that on Saturday, that, that in order to be, a, be part of Judaism, you have to be proselytized. So this is, not, this is nothing new. And so they thought, hey, this is what you need to do in order to become part of the church, is to be proselytized. And that's not the way of the Lord. So we thank God for Acts 15. <laughs> huh? We thank God for it because, <laughs> because now it's not about the physical circumcision. It yeah. is about the spiritual circumcision. Spiritual so, circumcision. So she mentioned the word Judaism. What is that? Judaism is the world's oldest monotheistic um, relating to. Okay, relating to. Your part, you coming up right next. Let me get this last. You got it's your job to define that part. Let me mention it so you can define it. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm, Jesus. <laughs> it's right here. It's like, no. But uh, it's the world so it's monotheist. She was she was excited. That's a word. We gotta talk about it. <laughs> Relating to or characterized by the belief that washes there is only one God. All right, so she's going to dive into that. So if I get them just a little definition, um, this um, Judaism dates back to nearly 4,000 years or more. Followers of Judaism, Judaism believe in one God who revealed himself through ancient prophets. The, his, the history of Judaism is essential to understanding the Jewish faith or the Jews faith. Because I know there's some stuff about that word Jewish, which was a rich heritage of law, culture, and tradition. This is when Camellia will now tear apart the Arthur. No. <laughs> no. But no, I, this is your part about before, the, you go go through the whole monotheistic yes, part. Yes, it's important. Okay, in the book, okay, on page 108, mm -hmm. um, he says, um, Paul is anxious to show that all the advantages of monotheism, which attracted many Gentiles by its contrast to the confused and undefined pagan pantheon. Uh, so what, what's going on here is that many religions, they had multiple gods. Judaism was the only religion that had one God. And so that intrigued them. So being a part of the church, you telling me we only, we only serve one God. And so many, many, um, many people thought this type of um, belief system was weak because they only had one God. But we know, you, talk, you talked about it, the rule, the, how God has rulership over all yeah. gods. All did. And so this is what Paul had to hammer to the Colossae church. Like, don't be fooled that he is just one. He is just one, okay? And so... And y'all don't be fooled either. Right. Because we hear a lot of this new stuff about all these other gods talk, talk to the universe and making stuff happen for you. That ain't us. We got one God. We go talk to him. We don't talk to the stars and the planets and wait for them to align. Because we got that same problem. Now today as we're coming into this. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, but we forgot that God created that. Okay. Hello. So why would I want to talk to a lower deity? Why would I want to talk to this creation when I could talk to a creator? What? And if you could talk back to me, I don't want you. I want the one who created you because I got access through Christ. It's so- uh, and you got him in you, huh? He in you. All right. Okay. <laughs> Circumcision. So one thing, <laughs> one thing that was very um, interesting for, for the Jews is that um, in their scriptures, in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, it says, Hero Israel, the Lord God is one. Okay. So it was very hard for them to accept Jesus claiming to be Lord. He's like, no, this is a part of some polytheistic thing. If, if, God, if Jesus is claiming to, to, to be Lord. And then if you go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, Paul had to explain basically the Trinity. He had to explain Jesus being God. Okay. He said he is the image of the invisible God. Okay, the firstborn of all creation. Okay, Uh, Adam, Adam was a creation. Uh, Moses was a creation. But this is the only son. Adam was a son. Moses was a son. Uh, Who else was a son? It was uh, one more. I can't think of it. Adam, Moses and say it again. Abraham, it was another, it was another one, it was another name. Um, there was a son, but this, this Jesus, the Christ was the only son that Jesus says, and this one, I am well pleased. Yeah. All of the other sons failed, but mm. this one right here succeeded. Okay, and so uh, going back to the uh, first Colossians, I mean, uh, Colossians chapter one, it says, for in him all things were created in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. He's talking about Jesus here. And it says he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Okay? And so here's a question. So if God is one, and if Jesus is one with God, then how can we explain the Trinity? Some people believe that, that it's three gods. If you hear people that say it was three gods, that's a, that's a homework. Oh, I didn't know that, huh? That's a homework. How do you explain the Trinity to somebody? If y'all talking about y'all worship one God, but y'all got the what? The Father, the, the Son, Son, and the, Holy, and the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Explain that to me. And so that's why God could not reveal Jesus or the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament because they thought, they would have thought that this religion is part of polytheism. And so this right here shows us the progressiveness, the progressive move of salvation right here, this progressive plan of salvation that God had right here, okay? And so that's something to really keep in mind here. Even though we can see it now that the Holy Spirit, then Jesus was present in the Old Testament, but the Jews did not see it. 
But now we can. Okay, and so that's something to 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 really to really keep in mind here. Okay, so Jesus has the same attributes as God. Right. He is the first and the last. He is Alpha and the Omega. He was there in Genesis, and he was definitely there in Revelation. Okay, right. so Jesus, he is the the fulfillment. He is the fullness of God. Um, he has his holy and om- omniscient attributes, okay? He is the fullness, and we will, we will have those same attributes once we take off our corruptible, come on, come okay? So if Jesus is eternal, that means he has no beginning and no end. So we are told in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, okay? He who, what, who, who is and who was and is to come, the Almighty, okay? So that's something that we really need to keep in mind that this is what Paul is trying to explain to the Colossae church. It's a lot, ain't it? The, this Colossian letter ain't, ain't for the weak. This is, this, is a tough, this is a tough letter because he had to explain all this stuff to them. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So I'm going to bring it because our time is coming to an end. Okay. So right. it says, uh, so I'm going to kind of bring it because where we, so if there is a requirement of circumcision among the Gentiles to be converted into. Okay. So of course, one is talking about the Jews, the other is talking about the Gentiles. And so in Romans uh, chapter six talks about the cir- circumcision of the heart. Romans chapter two talks about the circumcision of the heart. It says it refers to having a pure heart separated unto God. Um, Paul writes, a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit and not by the letter. So um, using circumcision as a metaphor, he says that only the Holy Spirit can purify a heart and set us apart to God. So ultimately, circumcision cannot make a person right with God. The law is not enough. The, the person's heart must be changed, and Paul calls this change the circumcision of the heart, okay? So the ones, the true seed of Abraham, the true uh, children of Abraham are those who follows Abraham's example of believing God. So physical circumcision does not make one a child of God. Faith does. Okay? Believers in Jesus Christ can truly say that they are children of Father Abraham. So if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. We have what? Been engrafted in. Remember that? So in our um, and heirs according to, to the promise. Okay? So God, he always had a desire not to just for the Jews to be physically circumcised. He had the, he had the desire for them to be conformed, their, their hearts to be conformed too, okay? He always wanted them to possess a heart of love yep. and to know and follow after him. We know that because we went through that Old Testament and they were hard head. They did, they, all God wanted for them to do is just to be obedient and to love him. But yeah. that because of the hardness of their hearts, they weren't able to. So that's why it was so important for them to have a circumcision of the heart because of their hardness of hearts, okay? So God's priority was a spiritual circumcision of the heart. Um, It says in in, uh, Jeremiah says, circumcise yourself to the Lord, circumcise your heart, you men of Judah and people of Jerusalem, or my wrath will break out (laughs) and burn like fire because of the evil you have done. So 
Amen. Verse number 12. And then we're going to say this verse because we're at the end of it and our time is up. So verse 12, and then we're going to quickly touch on um, this meaning of baptism here. Um, and so I'm going to define it, and then uh, she'll make her last and final points, and we'll be done. Um, how you guys enjoying tonight? Good. All right. Amen. Amen. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, 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 Tammy and uh, Eva get up here, too. What? Get jump into that dialogue because <laughs> y'all be talking. I want to hear it out loud, right on the microphones. <laughs> on the ones and twos. <laughs> on the ones and twos. <laughs> and then Elder Lindsay and Elder Tracy together. Woo! <laughs> she talking about she wants to see it. All right, watch this. Amen. Oh, so come on, uh, Cam. Soon as she's wait, not yet. Soon as she start talking, you can start playing. So. Um, he said, having been, verse 12, having been buried with him in what? Baptism. In which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, understand, uh, I forgot to add that definition there. Understand that, uh-oh, uh oh, that was it. Understand, uh, oh yeah, I was ready. Understand that we have... Um, when you read this, you can't just assume which is being said concerning baptism. Because remember, there's a baptisma, baptizio in Greek. There's all these different words that as you study in the New Testament, you just see the one word baptism and you just assume they all mean the same thing. But when you actually study it and you study that Greek, you'll realize they all could have one of four meanings. So in this scripture, it's a different meaning of baptism, all right? It's the definition or the word of baptisma, baptisma. all right? That is B-A-P-T, I'm sorry, B-A-P-T-I-S-M-A, not the baptizo and all that. Watch, and that word literally means an immersion or a submersion, right? That kind of sounds familiar, but here's the part that we got to add to that, that for me, it separates this meaning with the other meanings. Are y'all ready? You ready, Leandre? Because you've been back there laughing a long time. Watch this. It says, here's the part. Anything I raised, I can call out. Here we go. It says, <laughs> it says, of calamities and afflictions with which one is quite overwhelmed. So now wait. Now at first you're thinking, you know, I thought I saw a little, a, a, a little girl, a little boy, Baptist. They didn't want to wait no more. They threw themselves in the water the other day. Somebody sent me the video. It was so funny and cute. All right, but immediately I'm like, oh, we gotta be baptized with water. And we have to be mindful when we study to do this because some people will begin to write because they're trying to write from a Christianity standpoint. That they're trying to they're trying to make salvation about this baptism, but it's not. This is not the baptism that Paul is speaking of. That one of going down in water, and coming up that we just love so much. That Paul here is talking about that baptism washes of calamities and afflictions, um, with which one is quite overwhelmed. Um, Romans six, Paul states that we are baptized unto his death. Come on, come on, come on being baptized in him and if we've been baptized and the bible talks about if we've been baptized in his death then we have been baptized in his what in his rising Amen. in his living yes. 
You get what I'm saying? So we got to be mindful. And then she's about to talk about these baptisms, but we got to be mindful because immediately now, what if I take this and run with it? And now I don't create it my own. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-uh, you ain't saved according to this. Unless you go down in the water, according to Paul. And Paul, like, Paul's sitting there in the grave going, that ain't what I was saying. I wasn't talking about the water here. We'll deal with that. But in this, remember I told us in Ephesians, like, listen, in this text, I'm not trying to argue 50 other texts. But for this one, I cannot use it concerning water baptism. It's talking about being baptized in God or in Christ. All right, so she's going to, I don't know how she's about to do all that in five minutes, but she's about to do it. Amen. You can do all things. Come oh, on. In Jesus' Lord. name, use a so, Lord. Uh, <laughs> a quick work. Right. It's so hard. You're like, do baptism. What? That's a month of studies right there. Um, so when it comes to baptism, there are seven different types of baptisms yes. mentioned in Scripture. Okay, so here in this, uh, in this chapter here, he is talking about the baptism of the Spirit. One thing, we were on the phone about five-something today, and when he read me that, that definition, I, I had the same reaction like y'all. Me too. <laughs> and it says, immersion or submersion of calamities <laughs> and affliction. And so, therefore, when, when we look, but when we look at this scripture here, right, it just hits you, don't it? It just, when you look at this scripture, having been buried in him in baptism, having been buried is past tense. So, therefore, this is in the justification mode, remember? That's Toya's favorite word there. <laughs> and so, up. therefore, we will, we, will, we will raise with him that is in glorification yeah. mode. Okay, so therefore we are buried in justification mode, but we have to continue to bury our flesh daily. So that's what's talking about in Romans chapter six. Okay, yep. it, uh, it talks about the sanctification mode of dying daily, dying to live to die. So that's that's our goal. We should live to die every day. And in the beginning of that passage, it says, what, what shall we then say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? It says, by no means. We died to sin. We died in justification. Now we need to continue to die in sanctification mode. And so once we get done dying, that's when the Lord will raise us up to live with him. Right? So in, in there it says... Um, uh, it says, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or do you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism. Into Romans death. chapter 6, y'all. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, mm -hmm. through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. First now, point. we have a new life in justification mode. But many of us are living a life of death, meaning that they're still bound up in sin. If the Lord has given us a new life, then why are we still living like the world? Dying to live is a relational perspective. So we must die with Christ so that we can live with him through faith. This 
process right here is not for the faint at heart. Living for God is so hard. Because why our flesh is hostile to the spirit of God. That's about the right word for it. It's hostile. <laughs> the Un- Bible Unforgiving. <laughs> but this is what the Lord Jesus is calling for us to do. Lose our lives for the sake of the gospel. Our lives are not ours to live. I was in a conversation with my sister on the phone, and she was asking about my aspirations and why am I still living in the U.S., blah, 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 blah. And I told her. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm. And I told her. I said, right now, I have an assignment, and my life is not mine to live. Yes. I said, I can give you all my aspirations on all my goals and all this stuff. She was just asking me back to back to back. And I said, I'm willing to lay that down. If the Lord has delayed me a few more years to move, then I have no issue. Why? Because this is not my life to live. And so, therefore, sometimes we may suffer. Sometimes we may go through things for the sake of of the gospel. But I'm reminded in the scripture of Romans chapter 5, he says that we should rejoice Rejoice. in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings, what? Produces endurance. And endurance produces character. Maybe because our character sucks because we don't go through nothing. We ready to cry when one trial and tribulation come our way we ready to break down but God said go through it because I'm trying to produce something in you and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us that is something that we must this is what Paul was trying to communicate not to just believers but to disciples. Yeah. Let me tell you something. In the book of Mark, in, in the book of Mark, there were there were religious leaders that believed on Jesus but refused to say it out loud in front of their other peers. Yeah. So they lived a life of fear. Yeah. They believed in Jesus that he was the Messiah, but because they were so concerned about what my friends will say, they miss God. How many of us have missed assignments and and missed missions that God has given to us because we're afraid that we don't want to leave our friends or or leave our family, or if I step out and do this, somebody's going to talk about me. If I don't do this, then someone's going to talk about me. What kind of life Why should we live in fear where we have given, God has given us everything that has been, that has been pertained to life in godliness. And it says in Romans, it says we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also glorify with him so if we suffer here on earth it is only temporal yeah 
because Jesus is going to call us. He's going to glorify us with him. He said to just endure a little bit longer. longer. (laughs) Being baptized in Jesus Christ means to die daily to your flesh. But we have to remember that this is not forever. That God is going to call us up. He's going to take off the corruptible and put on the incorruptible. We see that when Jesus came on earth, I'm sorry, I think I'm probably, when Jesus came back on earth and he had his incorruptible bone, he was going through walls. He was just appearing. That gives us hope that once God raises us up, that we won't have to suffer in this body no more. Life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself give myself to you. Life is not my own. To you I belong, Jesus. I give myself